we're actually going to open up our Bibles and we're going to look in Matthew and uh, Matthew 16, starting in verse 13. And as you're finding that tonight, if you didn't bring a Bible, um, we, we're going to have our big magic Bible on the screen. You can follow follow along with um, But I believe that this student ministry right here, that Emerge Youth Church right here, is more than just a place to come and hang out. It's more, and I believe that um, what God wants to do here at Emerge Youth Church in 2019 is going to be so amazing that this room can't contain it. And I'm excited for that. This past year, we saw God do some amazing things. But I'm so excited for what He's going to do this year. And we're about, we're, we're What we're a part of is more than just a ministry. What we're a part of is a movement, and it's a family. And tonight we're going to take a look at where that movement begins. So here's what I need everyone to do. Please stand back up on your feet. It's okay. I know you're tired because you've been running all day, whatever it is you do. So here's what we're going to do. If you got your Bible, we're going to stand... We don't do this anymore. We used to do when I was a kid growing up in church. We used to stand for the reading of God's word, but we're going to do that tonight. We're bringing it back. So Matthew 16 verse 13, it says this. When Jesus came to the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say that the son of man is? I left my notes in there again. So I'm going to tell you already, um, talking, what he was doing, he was talking about himself. Jesus, he was asking his followers, his disciples, he, he was saying, who do people say that I am? What are they trying to say? And, and he's basically saying, hey, what are people saying about me? And, and, um, and well, they replied, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, others say Jeremiah, that's a good name. Or some others say the prophets. Um, then he asked them, But who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. And Jesus replied, You are blessed, Simon, son of John. Because my father in heaves, oh wow, in heaven, that's what it's supposed to say, has revealed this to you. You did not learn this from any human being. Hurry and take that off the screen. Stay standing. So in this moment, because I was embarrassed of that. In this moment, what's happening here is Peter had this moment of revelation. He had this moment of revelation and God spoke something to him that man did not tell him. And I'm telling you that if you lean into the Lord and if you open up your heart to receive, he will reveal things to you that no man ever could. And then at that very last part of that verse, it said, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock. He was the first, the rock. And upon this rock, I'll build my church. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So tonight, we're talking about, if you're taking notes, the moment that it became a movement. If you're here and you're a note taker, I want to encourage you to do so tonight. Because I believe that note takers are history makers. So, I'm going to pray. And then you can set your tired little legs back down. Let's all do that. Let's pray. Um, Jesus, we love you. I thank you that your word speaks to us. I thank you for every student, every leader in this room. And I pray that you would open our hearts to hear you. 
Open our ears to hear you. Open our hearts to understand you and to receive from you. And challenge us to live our lives to be the people who you've called us to be. And I pray tonight with full of faith that you're going to move in this place tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Set your tired little legs down. So let me tell you a story. When I, when I was a youth pastor, uh, when I lived in Joplin, and, and when I was a youth pastor, I used to have this group of boys, probably about six, six guys, five or six guys in my group. And um, these guys always had the craziest plans. They always had the craziest ideas. Um, and, and actually, act, let, let me rephrase that. They, they weren't crazy plans. They were actually really dumb plans. These guys would come up with the dumbest stuff. And I seriously worried about the future of these guys because they were so dumb. And so one day, I walk out the front door of my house. And I step onto all this, this wood and this metal. And like there were nuts and bolts and hammers and like just a pile of junk. There was a hubcap and like just the craziest stuff and such a variety of things. And, and it was like these guys went to a junkyard and just scooped up a whole pile of stuff and just dumped it on my porch. And I was like, oh, this is a terrible prank. Of course, I didn't know at this time it was these guys. I was like, someone really dumb just put some garbage on my porch. And, and uh, so they took all this stuff. In the middle of the night, they had this great plan, this great scheme, this great idea. In the middle of the night, they took all this garbage and piled it on my porch. And, and I was thinking, like, this is, this is dumb. This is the weirdest prank. Like, so I took all this junk and I threw it away. I got rid of it. Later that day, this group of guys show up at my house. And they're like, where's the stuff, bro? And I'm like, like they're, they're like seriously, like legitimately upset. Bro, where's the stuff, man? Like, we put all this stuff in. I was like, that pile of garbage that, you're, that was on my porch? And they're like, yeah, we decided last night that we want to build a robot and you're going to help us. And I'm like, do I look like a robot person, a robot, roboteer, robot builder? Roboteer? No? And like, and eventually... So, so we took, so I was like, all right, all right, whatever. So they dug all this stuff back out of the, the dump, out of the trash, and they laid it out in the yard, and we all just stared at it. Okay, let's make a robot. You got a plan? I'm like, it's not my junk. Like, I didn't even do it. So it was so stupid, and it ended up being so dumb that we just poured gas on it and lit it on fire. And that was smart. Why did I tell this story tonight? I don't really know. But I do know that our plans can be easily foiled if you don't have a plan. If you don't know where to begin. And if you don't have a, if you don't have a starting point in your plan, it can be very easy to give up. Or, or you can start to think that it's impossible for you to see the plan come to pass. And see, what, what's happening is Jesus is showing us God's plan on this earth. You see, when Jesus came to the earth, um, it, he came as the Messiah, as our Savior. 
And he came as the savior to the world. And here's what was going on. The Jewish people, they were so excited. They were waiting for someone to come and save them. Someone to come into the earth and just be a warrior and just wipe out all of the enemies and just destroy everyone else. And just for for the Jewish people to rule the world. But Jesus came in the form as a baby. Now, if you know babies, then you know they're not too powerful. Like, and, and, and they're not very ruler-like. Actually, babies rule everything. But they're not like very forceful rulers. And, and, um, but they're not good enough to rule the nation. So, but if Jesus, he eventually grows up and he begins to lay out what this plan is. And ultimately, it's, it's this plan for us. And, and his plan for us is to take the hope of Jesus and, 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 and being full of the Holy Spirit, take his message through the whole world and tell people about Jesus. And a lot of people, it seems like an impossible thing because a lot of people don't know where to start. Like, okay, okay, I get it. I know what I'm supposed to do. But what do I do? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, where do I start? Like, how do I begin? So Jesus, he's telling us in Matthew 16 where it all starts, where it all begins. And here's the truth about his plan to change the world is that it starts with you. I I guess, actually, if you're taking notes, you could write down and you could say it starts with me. But it starts with us. It starts with you. See, in this chapter, Jesus, he was speaking to his disciples and he asked who do people say that I am? And they said, well, some people think that you're this, and some people think that you're that. And then, but then Jesus turns and looks at his disciples, and he said, but who do you say that I am? And Peter, Peter he speaks out, and he says, you're the Messiah. You're the one that we've been waiting for. So Jesus looks at him, and he's, he says this. He says, your name will no longer be what it used to be. I'm changing your name, and I'm going to call you Peter. And you, you see, back in this day, your name meant a whole lot. It was a huge deal. Whatever your name was, it was so important to you. It, was a, it, was, it had a, a significant meaning for your life, and it was important, and it meant something. Nowadays, we, we name our kids things like Jet and Blue Ivy and Cricket and Northwest, and like people be tripping. But anyways... But it's interesting that with Jesus, before he reveals his plan, before he reveals his grand scheme of how to change the world, he changes Peter's name. And here's why this is significant, because the moment Jesus changes Peter's name, what he does is that name gives him a new identity. A new mission on this planet. A new purpose on this planet. See, and if we're going to do all that God has called us to do, we have to allow Jesus to change us. And unless we allow Jesus to change us, we'll never be able to change the world. I know that's a lot to write down. That's a lot to know. But I want you to know, unless we allow Jesus to change us, we'll never be able to change the world. See, Jesus can't be the same... He can't just be some great historical being that we celebrate his birth at Christmas and his death and resurrection at Easter. But if God's plan is to change the world the way that he wants to do it, 
is through his people. And he makes it very clear in Matthew 16, 18, after he changes Peter's name, he says this, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And so what he's doing, he's declaring a plan. He's saying, here's the plan. And, and it's, it's to build a church that will change the world, that will change everything. Now, here's, here's what can happen, because this can kind of get confusing. <clears throat> um, because Jesus just named Peter the rock, or rock. And, and then he, he went on to say, upon this rock, I'll build my church. And, and here's what we need to understand. <clears throat> Jesus isn't building his church on Peter. He's not saying, okay, you lay down right here, and guys, all right, start piling in the stones. That would be weird. Or he's not saying, like, Peter, you're going to lead everything. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> he, he's, he's not saying, we're building the church on you, Peter. But Jesus is building the church on the revelation of who Jesus is. See, it's not about being like somebody else. It's not about lifting Peter up. It's about how Peter had this revelation of who Jesus truly was. And when we saw, and when we see who Jesus truly is, it changes everything. It changes everything. And it was upon that that Jesus said, from this moment on, we're going to build the church. We're going to build the kingdom. All that to say, Emerge Youth Church has got to be more than just a time where we show up and, and we may be better than the person next to us. Like, have you ever spoken to someone, maybe called someone out about something, about something that they did, and, and here's how they respond. Well, well, what I did was bad, but it wasn't as bad as that person. Like, they're way worse than I am. Like, you see, the moment that this church thing, this Jesus thing, uh, this Christian thing becomes so real to you is the moment that it doesn't have anything to do with everyone else, but it has to do with Jesus in your life. It doesn't have to do with who's in the room or, or how good or how bad that they are. It has to do that with Every single one of us, that we're, how we're all in need of a Savior. Every single one of us. Whether you've been to church since you were a baby, or whether this is your first time. We're all in need of a Savior. There's no one greater or mightier than anyone else. We're all in the same boat. We always say here, here, <clears throat> we always say here at Emerge that, Anyone is welcome to emerge because anyone is welcome to Jesus. And that's what we want to be about. Anyone. Anyone can come in our doors. And we welcome them. And we love them. As long as they're 7th and 12th grade. <laughs> totally kidding. But kind of serious. But, no, seriously. Anyone, how, no matter how messed up they are or how great that they are, they're welcome. Because anyone is welcome to Jesus. And I think that tonight is going to be a night... At the end of the night, we're going to ask everyone to come to the front and we're going to lift our hands in worship and we're going to allow Jesus to show us who he truly is. So the church is God's plan. And in this moment, this is the first time that he declares that. I'm going to build my church. 
Now, the word church it was something totally unfamiliar to these guys. And, and in this moment, everything changed because you see the word church is used by, when, when used by Jesus, it, it comes from a Greek word and it means the called out or the assembly. See, the church is an assembly of people who've been called out with the message of Jesus. The, the church isn't something that you just go and do. Oh, thank you, sir. <clears throat> Can we thank Rex real fast? It's not, the church isn't something that you do, it's something that you are. It's who we are. The church isn't all about a building, it's not about a place, it's about a people. And, and it, it becomes your identity, and it becomes who, when it becomes who you are, everything changes. See, if you're like me, depending on what it is, I don't have a problem when plans change. Um... Who is who here has ever been like out with friends and you guys have a plan and you're going out and you're going to be doing something and then someone in the car goes, hey guys, change of plans. Instead of Applebee's, we're going to Hardee's. And you're like, it's, right? Who in their right mind would do that? What's that thing we got the other day? Wonton tacos. Change your world. I don't know. So good. Anyways, um... And it's and people who don't like their plans change. They're like, what do I do now? I was, I was one Applebee's. Now we're getting Hardee's. Like, could you imagine at this moment how the disciples were feeling? When, when this, this plan, this great plan, Jesus, the Savior of the world, was coming. And he was here. And, he, and they, we were expecting him to just come and wipe out the Romans. Wipe everyone out. And we take over the world. All of a sudden, everything changed. Right before their very eyes. It was no longer about uh, the temple and about regulations and about rules. But it was about personal transformation. See, it wasn't about simply doing the right things or saying the right things or raising your hand at the right time. It, it, the, the rules and the regulations and you may be thinking like, well, I'm glad we don't have a temple now. That sounds terrible. But here's the deal. We still continue to do this. We do this in our own lives. When you're inside the church doors in the church setting, a lot of us, we say and we do the right things. But outside the doors, we live like Jesus isn't even a part of our lives. Have you made a personal transformation in your life? That represents Jesus Christ. Because that can't happen unless you have a true encounter with Jesus Christ. See, it's the greatest change of plans in the history of the universe. If, you see, like, if Jesus is real in our lives, then he's got the, the power to transform our lives and the people's lives around us. I'm going to ask our band to come back up. We're going to close. We're going to end early tonight. Everybody okay with that? Give us plenty of time to hang out or whatever it is we want to do. See, tonight we're going to close out with a time of worship, with a time of just uh, uh, being together and a time to...
to really respond to what God's calling us to do tonight. But what's so amazing about this passage that we just read is that Jesus doesn't just say that he's going to build his church. He doesn't just stop right there. That doesn't end there. Then he goes on to say that even the gates and the powers of hell will not be able to stand against what I'm going to build through you. God's saying that what he's going to do through you, that hell can't stop it. That the enemy can't stop it. See, we are a part of an unstoppable movement. No matter how bleak the news seems, no matter how dark the world looks, no matter how messed up things are, no matter how bad the issues are in your life, nothing will stop the church that God is building. And I want you guys to know, you may have heard this before, but God wins. And he wins every time. You may as well stop running and be on the team. See, historically speaking, the gates or or the walls around a place signified the power of that area. Nothing could come against it. If nothing could come against it if you're greatly protected. You you could tell in back in that time that a kingdom had a lot of power and had a lot of money and had a lot of riches if by the gates or by the walls surrounding it. See, Jesus is saying that not even the most powerful parts of hell can stand against what he's wanting to build, what he's building, what he's in the process of already doing. Not depression, not anxiety, not lust, not greed, not fear, not gossip. Nothing can stand against what God is wanting to build and what God is building in and through each and every one of us. God is building his church and he's building it through us. Despite the, the hopeless, hopelessness that you may think that you may think that's going on. We have hope and nothing can stand against us. But here's the last thing I want you to know tonight. Is and, and I want you to ask this. What's this to you? What is this to you? I think it's easier for talk for us to talk about this and for us to agree. But really, what is all this to you? See, is this, this just a place we show up to on a Wednesday night or on a Sunday now and then? Or, or is this just an escape for you? Or is this an opportunity for you to go and see that guy or to see that girl? Um, none of those things are necessarily terrible things unless he's ugly. That was bad. But none of these things are necessarily terrible things. Let's, let's come back. They're not necessarily terrible things, but I want to remind you tonight that there's so much more than those things, than the fun, than the games, than, than all the, these things that we show up for. Could everyone stand with me? See, is, is this place, is it simply a, a youth group to you or is, is it an actually an unstoppable movement? Is this just a, a, for you, a religious checkoff on your once or twice a week church checklist? Or, or is this a movement of God that Jesus established and nothing can stand against? Is this simply a place to hang with your friend? Or is this an unstoppable community where you and your friends 
are transformed for eternity. What is all this to you? And this is a personal question that I want you to ask. What is this to you? As we look forward to the future, my heart and my spirit are so full of faith. Because when I look out into these seats right here, when I see all these students in this room and even all the students who aren't even here tonight, when I think about you guys, when I know what's going on, when I see the faces in this room and I know the people in this room, I see students who have the capabilities to influence their homes, the capabilities to influence and change their schools, to change their friend groups, to challenge their friends, to stand up and make a change in their lives. Imagine with me for a moment what this community would look like if we would simply band together, if we would simply stand for what we say we believe in, if we would be, if we would be an unstoppable force that hell couldn't stop. Hell couldn't stand a chance. I know we're already like nine days into the new year. But let me encourage you. Maybe tonight, maybe later this evening, maybe tomorrow, whatever it is, pull together a few friends. Pull together a few people and say, get your group of friends together. Say, guys, this is our year. This is our moment. This is our time. We're making a change. We're not going to be the same. We are a part of something that's so much bigger than us. And we want to be a part of this. And we want to run with this. And we want to be a part of what God wants to do in changing the world. We can take our school. This is the year that we make a change because Jesus is too good and hell is too hot for us to continue to live the way that we're living and watching our friends go to hell. See, I'm filled with faith because I believe what God can do through you guys. I believe it. I believe this generation could see and experience the greatest revival, the greatest move of God, the, the greatest, the most powerful moves of God that this world has ever seen. That's ever been recorded in history. And I believe that it could start right now, right here in this place. So I'm going to pray. And I hear, I'm, I'm, here's all I'm doing tonight. I'm just going to simply ask us to come forward. Every single one of us ask us to come forward and respond. And when we start to sing and, and, and when we start to, to give praise to our God, I just want to encourage you to close your eyes, to shut out everyone else around you, to shut out all distractions. And to just take a moment and just to focus on God and to focus on who he is and just begin to ask him, God, this year in 2019, will you use me like you've never used me before? Will you help me to, to, to pull my friends together and we change our school? God, will you help me to speak to my, my parents about you? Will you help me speak to my sister and my brother about you? God, help me to change my home, my friends. God, use me. And I guarantee you, he'll come through. I guarantee you, he'll, he'll open doors for you. He'll give you opportunities. But it's our job to step through those doors, to step into those opportunities that we're asking for. So tonight, um, we're going to sing and we're going to respond and then we're going to have a time to just pray together. Um, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to ask everyone to just... Step forward. And once again, as we begin to sing, just close your eyes, shut out everyone around you. And let's just focus on God. Say, God, what do you want? What do you, what do you want to see in 2019? 
What do you want to see this unstoppable force do this year? And God, I want to be a part of it.